Indeed, Father, the light has shone into the darkness. We are a people needing that light to shine upon us afresh. We recognize that Christ is the light come, and yet we sometimes still walk in the shadows, ignoring the light. God, forgive our sins, remove the veil of darkness that would shroud our lives, and illumine uh, us with your word and truth, that we would rise in the radiance of Christ's glory. We take confidence in this promise from your word, that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. Thank you, Father, for the work of Jesus and the application of such by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and be seated. If you'll take your copy of God's Word and open up to Isaiah chapter 9. We'll be reading from Isaiah 9, starting at verse 2, reading through verse 7. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and the, and the peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And our responsive reading this morning comes from Psalm 84. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. This is the word of the Lord. I'm looking forward to the day when I can get up from that chair and it won't squeak. Um, I think July. Food chain supply, right? No. Um, I invite you to open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 22. We're going to look uh, at a title of the Lord Jesus in chapter 22, verse 16. We've been through Advent, Christmas, and now this Epiphany Sunday looking at the titles of Jesus from Revelation 19 and Revelation 22. It's been a little more of a topical uh, approach to our study. Usually we're working through a book of the Bible or, or a big section of it. 
it's been it's been a challenge to do, and uh, but you've re- you've responded positively overall. And when we did not have our Christmas Day service, uh, we missed one. And of course, I didn't do a recording, so then we missed it double fold. Um, but the one that I was going to do for Christmas Day was the bright morning star. Because it was in sequence following the, the seed of David. But it's Epiphany Sunday, and the bright morning star still fits thematically. So I thought, we'll go back. Um, Revelation, I'd like to read actually from 19 and 22, just to get all of these titles again in our mind and our heart uh, and a little bit of the context from which they come. I'll begin reading in Revelation 19, verse 11. I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and one sitting on it called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes his war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. He has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. The armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. And from his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And then chapter 22, beginning at verse 12. These are the words of Jesus here. He says, Behold, I am coming soon bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And in verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. Uh, this setting in Revelation is, is, of course, talking about the, the, the last judgment and Jesus coming back uh, with the heavenly host and to bring that final judgment upon, upon the earth to make everything right. The things that we long for, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Jesus will come and do that. We, we make efforts to live out what it is to be citizens of the kingdom of God, but we know that ultimately it will take Jesus himself to make things right. We long for his coming, but it's also ominous when he comes. Are you ready? And in this section, it's filled with imagery, and some of it's a little difficult to sort out, I suppose. If you take it too rigidly, too woodenly, it can be almost kind of a grotesque image. But when we think of it poetically, uh, literally, still, no, no doubt, but think of it in symbols of what it means. The, the sword, for example, coming from the mouth of Christ is the Word of God. 
He speaks. And when He speaks, His words cut to the heart, bringing conviction and bringing healing and restoration. Well, within this, we we come to the last one, the bright morning star. And bright morning star has a number of other parallels in Scripture. And if you were able to snag an outline uh, printed from the podiums uh, in the narthex, on the reverse side, I have several of these parallel passages. I don't remember if I put them in a slide or not. I don't think I did. So if Look over to someone next to you if they've got the sheet of paper. Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A star shall come out of Jacob. We're talking about a ruler of the people of God. Malachi, uh, the last book of the Old Testament, chapter 4, verse 2 says, You who fear my name, the Son of of righteousness, S-U-N, the sun of righteousness shall arise with healing in its wings. Psalm 84, verse 11 says, in which we read just a few moments ago, the Lord God is a sun, S-U-N. The Lord God is a sun. Now, when we come to the end of Revelation, uh, previous to where we read in chapter 22, uh, we, we find that there is no solar sun in the new creation, in the new heaven and the new earth, but the glory of God and of the Lamb shine forth in that new creation, and the glory of God itself is light, and there is no darkness. We read Isaiah 9 with this image of light as well, but here's Isaiah chapter 60. Verse 1 says, Shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has arisen upon you. Behold, darkness will cover the earth, thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you and His glory will be seen upon you and the nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. So, we get this picture of as the glory of God shines brilliantly, the light of the world, then we become reflectors of that light, image bearers of that light, and it's a testimony to the nations around us. It's much like what Jesus taught his disciples in Matthew uh, chapter 5. You are the light of the world. Your testimony. Reflectors. Well, more directly related to Jesus would be the promise uh, of His appearing and the promise given uh, about Him. Luke chapter 1, verse 78. The tender mercy of our God whereby the sunrise will visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death and to guide our feet in the way of peace. The Son of God will take on flesh and come and shine in the darkness and give light. He will be our sunrise to we who sit in darkness and shadow. And Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19. We have the prophetic word fully confirmed 
to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Longing for the second appearing of Jesus Christ. Pay attention. And in this context, it says pay attention to the word, the prophetic word, which is more certain than any other experience, religious or spiritual, until the morning star reappears. We're talking about a person, not a, not a, not a astronomical, astronon, a star thing. We're talking about a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, the light of the world, brings several divine rays of application into us. And uh, as you already can tell, we're jumping all over the Bible. And I'm not sorry, but I do apologize. That's kind of the nature of the more topical approach. And I get, I get inundated myself with all the references that come together in the fulfillment of this person, our God, our Lord, Jesus Christ. The first application of, of light, I think, is very obvious. Vision. Vision. We can see. Now, we'll, we'll repeat some of the verses we read and add a few more to it. Dave read from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. We have seen a great light. You can see now. The light has come. Uh, Luke chapter 1, which we highlighted just a, a minute ago. The sunrise will visit us and give light to guide our feet. So we, we can see there's a, a path and the light shines so that indeed we can see. Jesus is the light of the world and He shines in the darkness and we see things we would not seen before. We've been stumbling about. It is, it is now to see God in Christ and to see Christ in His Word. This is the vision. We see. And until, until we come to the light, it might be utter blindness, not perceiving at all that there's anything different. We've only known darkness. To dwell in darkness can be blindness, a, a, a total ignorance, a total missing of, of what is reality and what is truth. But, but being in darkness can also be living in the shadows. So we have, we have some perception of the light, maybe even encountered the light personally in Jesus Christ, but we still tend to go to the shadows, go to the misperceptions of reality and truth that are in the shadows. So we need to turn our eyes heavenward to fix our eyes on Jesus, that author and perfecter of our faith. To set our minds on things above where Christ is seated in heavenly places. There really is no such thing as being too heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. If we're no earthly good, the reality is we're not heavenly minded enough. Our, our vision needs to be of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we see Him in His glory and when we see Him in His humility, how He served in His ministry on earth, then, then we will be 
a significant influence and testimony on the earth. To have this vision uh, of the light of God is to know, but also to be known. It is to be guided in the way of peace, to have, to have direction, discernment, and even discipline in a way of life, a vision. There's also vitality. Light gives life. I've shared this, I think, probably multiple times in, in the teaching ministry, but I remember, I think it was, um, I think it was first grade, and we put these bean seeds in little styrofoam cups filled with, with soil, and half the class got to put them in a cupboard under the sink, and the other half of the class put them on the windowsill. And after a few days, uh, whatever the time frame was, we pull them out of the cupboard and compare them with the ones in the windowsill. And the ones, some from the cupboard never even sprouted at all, those that did were anemic-looking, skinny, yellowy, stringy something. And the ones in the window generally were vibrant, succulent, green, alive. That's what light does. Light brings life. And the light is Christ. And as the light of the world, he brings life. Again, Luke chapter 1, verse 78 and 79 alluded to this. The sunrise will visit us from high and give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death. Christ comes to overcome death, to conquer death. The wages of sin is death. Why is it that we die? Why is there death? Because we love darkness rather than light. We, we do. We love the shadows. We love the darkness more than the light. That is in our old nature. That is the, the bean plant that likes to stay in the cupboard. But when the Holy Spirit comes and pulls us out of the cupboard and puts us onto the windowsill of God's grace, then we come to life. The fullness of life. Even our context in Revelation 22 has this idea of the tree of life. Verse 14 said, Blessed are those who wash their robes that they might have the right to the tree of life. And then two verses later, verse 16, I am the bright morning star. Verse 17, you get to drink the water of life. So see, sandwiched around this bright morning star is bread and water, life, the tree of life. Jesus is the light of the creation. Indeed, He is the instrument of creation. He's the source of life, the source of light. But it's not that, it's not that He is Himself created by the Word taking on flesh and coming into the world. No, the Son, the eternal Son, the Word of God always has been and always will be. Co-equal, co-eternal with the Father. You see, 
a father-son designation and relationship is the character and the nature of God. We have a father-son relationship as human beings because God is, not the other way around. Fascinating. The light shines in the darkness and brings forth life from death. The death and darkness flee from life and light. The dead are raised and the blind receive their sight, both physically and spiritually. There's vision and there's vitality in Christ. Thirdly, there's verity. Sorry, we're stuck in this V shape today. Verity, truth. Truth. That's what the word verity means. Um, Psalm 43, verse, verse 3. The psalmist says, Send out your light and your truth. Send forth your light and your truth. There's a, a parallelism, a poetry, that light equals truth. Send your light, send your truth. Light and truth in, in the psalm here um, are kind of like a, a search and rescue party. Send them forth. And the reality is that to, to live in God's light is to cherish His truth. And the true way through life's difficulties will bring a blessed outcome. As the search and rescue parties go forth, light and truth, and, and they find you, and then you go in the wake of that light and truth, then you are saved. The psalmist wants to be escorted by light. I came back yesterday uh, late, well, early evening uh, to, to pick up something that I'd forgotten or thought I'd forgotten. And I came in here uh, over where my lovely organist was had been earlier, and I'm looking, and I did not turn on the sanctuary lights. I, I have this habit of, of going through the building without the lights on. Partly, partly because, well, I may be lazy, but the other part of it is I don't ever want to feel uncomfortable or scared in this building without the lights on. Right? Not that I love the darkness, but I don't want to ever be scared in here by darkness. Although, when I'm trying to find this something, I couldn't see. So I reached to my pocket for my flashlight, which is the phone, of course, these days, and it's not there, it's in the car. Because I thought I'd just quickly run in and out. There was no illumination. I couldn't see. I didn't know what the truth was. It eluded me. It escaped me. And the, the truth was, it wasn't here. So I went, I went around the back and turned. I'm still too lazy to go all the way back to the narthex, turn on the sanctuary lights. So I, I, I go around to the organ door, turn the light on there, and there's just enough light to shine in I could see. That was my search and rescue. Oh, a feeble illustration, I know, but you get the idea. I needed to be in the wake of the light in order to find what was true, what was real what was happening 
in my situation, in my circumstance. I couldn't see in the darkness. Now, the final application we'll come to is victory. Maybe you saw this already in a number of the, of the settings in which we read Scripture, particularly Revelation. Victory. Light means victory. John 1.5 The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It cannot overcome it. Malachi 4, we read this, but here, here's, the, here's the setting. The sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go out leaping like calves from the stall. You will tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. There's victory. We're talking about, we're talking about the victory of God's people over their enemies. And when we read the Scriptures, we understand there's, the real enemies are the world, the flesh, and the devil. The flesh, that's our own self. We realize, huh, I'm weak. The things, things I, I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't, I should, that, well, you get the idea. I'm duplicitous in, to some extent. The victory comes when I see the light. The light of Christ. That's flesh. The devil, okay, we get the, the sense of He's out there to tempt us. He's out there to wear us down, to beat us up, to shoot those flaming darts of temptation, and we put up the shield of faith in order to extinguish them. We get that kind of victory. But the world, by the world, we don't mean, we don't mean the inhabitants of the earth. When John talks about the world in this sense, uh, he's talking about the, the system under Satan's control that is opposed to and against Christ. Not necessarily people, but the system and the stuff that distract, that, that decimate. And we see a lot of broken systems. That's the kind of enemy that the light will come in victorious light and glory. And, and it's already happened. We celebrate the first coming of Christ. The light has shone in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In John's little letter, 1 John chapter 2, verse 8, it says, the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. In Christ, the bright morning star, the fulfillment of the ruler of God's people from that star in uh, the book of Numbers, which we read, he is the fulfillment. He has come. And since He has come, we have a vision. We have vitality. We have verity. And we have victory in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the light of the world. Now, we bow to the light. We surrender to the light. We come into the light and out of the darkness. I invite you to come to Christ and let Him shine this, this light of life upon you. As we enter into a new year, this is an opportune time to start afresh. Those, those of you who have never known 
the light of Christ to illumine your heart, can trust Him now. Trust Him with your life, for life, in the forgiveness of sin. And that promise then of the presence of God in glory for all eternity. Some of us, we realize, oh, it's a new year. We make our resolutions and we realize the past has been filled with its own shadows, its own gloom, its own darkness and failures. His mercies are new every morning. We don't have to wait till New Year's Day. His mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. Come into the light and be victorious over those shadows that pull you down, that overwhelm you. Live in Christ.